Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Ve salatu ve selamu ala şerefil enbiyai vel mursalin. Muhammedur Resulullah sallallahu aleyhi ve aleyhi ve sahibi ve sellem. Teslimen kathirin kathira. Amma ba'du, my brothers and sisters. We are reading from the book of Islamic Manners by Sheikh Abdel Fattah, Abu Guddah, rahmatullahi alayhi. And today is the chapter for the manners of visiting. <coughs> He says, he talks about the importance of keeping appointments. He says in the first ayat of Surah Al-Ma'idah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called upon the believers. And he said, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu awfu bil-uqood. He said, O you who believe, fulfill your promises. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised Ismail alayhi salam and he, he said he was true to his promise. He was true to his promise. And then he said he was a messenger and a prophet. Now, keeping appointments is vital to our lives. Time is the most precious commodity. Once wasted, it can never be recovered. If you made an appointment, whether with a friend or a colleague or for business, you should do your utmost to keep this appointment. This is the right of the other person who, despite other commitments, favored you with a part of their valuable time. If you do not come on time, not only have you disrupted their schedule, but you have also marred and spoiled your image and reputation. If your punctuality becomes poor, you will lose people's respect. You should keep all your appointments, whether they are with an important person, a close friend or a business colleague or anyone. You will then be responding to the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, and keep the promise. The promise is a responsibility. <clears throat> and this is in the Quran Surah 17, Ayah 34. It is enough to know that Rasulullah gave an appointment to one of his Sahaba. The Sahabi came three days later. Rasulullah gently reprimanded him and said, You have caused me some trouble. I have been waiting for you for three days. The Sahabi probably had an excuse for this. But he had no means by which to inform Rasulullah about his inability to keep the appointment. But that is no longer true for us. Today we have uh, fast and reliable communication means, uh, cell phones and whatnot. And therefore, as soon as you realize that you will not be able to keep an appointment, you should inform the other person so that they can do something with their time instead of waiting for you. Once you are careless and you don't go to the appointment and then after that you apologize, that is meaningless because the damage is already done. It's not a matter of apology. It's a matter of being conscious enough to stick to your word. The word of a person is their brand. The word of a person is their waqar. It is their pride. It is their, it is their name. And to spoil that is a terrible loss. Bukhari and Muslim narrated that Rasulullah said, three traits single out a hypocrite. Even if he prays or fasts or claims to be a Muslim. One, if he speaks, he lies. Two, if he makes a promise, he does not keep it. And third, if he is entrusted, he betrays the trust. So three things. One is lying. The other one is not keeping a promise. And the third one is that if you are trusted, you do not, be, you do not keep the trust. 
This specially refers to keeping confidence or confidential information that is given to you in confidence. So, for example, some, that is a trust. So, somebody says, I am telling you something, this should remain between us, don't tell anybody. Now, many people, the first thing they do, they tell somebody else. They say, no, no, don't tell anyone. So-and-so told me this, you don't tell anyone. No, the point is, you were told, don't tell anyone. That means anyone. Oh, I only told my wife. No, your wife is also in that anyone, right? If you have to tell somebody, then you should seek the permission of the person who mentioned this to you first. They say, I need to say this to somebody. Can I do that? But without that, to share somebody's confidential information is haram. Imam al-Ghazali in al-Hayal ulum explains that this hadith is applicable to those who promise while intending not to fulfill it. So people even even before that, they have no intention, but they will say, no, no, I will, I will tell, tell me, tell me, I, I will keep it secret. Give me the, no, inna illa Or those who without excuse later decide not to fulfill the promise. Those who promise but could not fulfill due to proper excuses, they are not hypocrites. They must apologize, they must make amends, but we should be careful not to do this. Second thing is declining a visit. If you visit friends with or without an appointment and they apologize for not being able to receive you, accept their apology without any ill feeling. <clears throat> you should understand that something might have come up compelling them to decline your visit. It is perfectly reasonable for them to ask to be excused. This particular etiquette is very important in order to remove any ill feeling that could linger because of declining of, an, of a visit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, if you, are, uh, if you are asked to go back, go back. That makes for greater purity. And this is in the Quran, Surah 24, Ayah 28. If you were asked to go back, go back. That makes for greater purity. People do not know what to do and they become disturbed by the visit of someone who they do not want to receive under the circumstances. And they may resort to lying. They may say something, oh, I am sick, I am this, I am that. Now, not only do their children learn bad manners because of this, but also such behavior may lead to needless enmity between people. The Quranic etiquette provides a better alternative to such unpleasantness and guards us against lying. It provides for the host to kindly present a reason to the visitors and ask that they accept it in good faith and without hesitation. That's where Allah SWT said, if you were asked to go back, go back. That makes for greater purity. The Tabi. Qatada ibn Diyama al-Sadusi said, Do not hang around the door of those who decline to receive your visit. Accept their reason, move on and attend to your business and let them attend to theirs. Do not ask for a reason or explanation. Imam Malik used to say, not all people can disclose their excuses. They cannot tell you why, why they say no. So don't force them. Accordingly, when it comes to visiting our Salafus Salihin, Righteous forbearers used to say to their hosts, perhaps you just became busy and cannot receive us, making them feel at ease in case they wanted to be excused. <laughs> Imam At-Tabari in his tafsir reported that a man of the Mahajirun, he said, all my life I wanted to practice this ayah. If you were asked to go back, go back. That makes for greater purity. But I could not. I was hoping I would seek permission to visit a brother and he would tell me go back. I would have gladly left fulfilling the commandment of Allah. See how Jesus <laughs> But the other people were so hospitable, nobody, no one told him to go back. Whenever he came, no, please welcome, welcome. <laughs> please tell me to go back. No, 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 you come, welcome. 
Final thing, he says, control your eyes. When asking permission to enter a home, don't look around here and there unnecessarily, uh, inside and into the, you know, in the other rooms or whatnot. This is shameful and harmful. Abu Dawud and Atabarani explained that Saad bin Ubada Radhalanu said, a man stood facing the door of Rasulullah while asking permission to enter. Rabbi Sallallahu said, turn that way. Turning him away and ordering him to move further from the door. He said, asking permission is prescribed to prevent intrusion. Right? So, by you asking permission, but you are intruding with your eyes. By standing right in front and looking inside. No, why, why, why ask permission? So, stand to one side and knock on the door. Then the person, if they ask you to come, come in. Imam Bukhari Ramatullah also explained in uh, Al-Adab Al-Mufrad that the Sahabi Sawan recounted that Rasulullah said a person should not look inside a house before getting permission. If you do look inside before asking permission, you have already entered. That is, you have trespassed. Huh? Abu Dawud and Tirmidhi and Bukhari stated in Adab Al-Mufrad a hadith by Abu Huraira who said that the messenger of Allah he said if the sight leaps permission should be denied he said if you see somebody looking send him away also Bukhari narrated that Ammar ibn Sa'ad al-Tujibi reported that Umar ibn al-Khattab said whoever fills his eyes with the sight of the interior of a house before being permitted is a wrongdoer Bukhari Muslim and others narrated that Sahal bin Sa'ad said that a man peeked through a hole into the room of Rasulullah while he was scratching his head with a small uh, instrument. When Rasulullah saw the intruder, he told him, if I had known you were looking, I would have poked your eye. <laughs> so it is very serious and was, one must not do that. Asking permission was prescribed to prevent intrusion. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to develop the best manners and to be pleased with us and never to be displeased.